Brainstorm, the podcast exploring how our minds work, how work affects us, and how we can best deal with it. We are Aidan Camis and Damiano Tescaro, explorers of the office jungle and mental health aficionados. Buckle up, because ideas are about to get wild. Hello, Damiano. How are you today? Hello, Aidan. We, we said we were going to start with the radio voice. Come on, give me some radio voice. Hello and welcome back to Brainstorm. My name is Aidan Camis and I'm here with Damiano Tescaro today to talk to you about... I'm not sure we chose a title yet, but hey, I thought it was about negative bias and emotional hygiene. That sounds fascinating. What are we going to talk through today? We can cut this out if it doesn't make sense because <laughs> we never stick to what we plan. We literally never do. And first of all, Communication of service. We do have a new name. We are now known as Brainstorm Squared. Brainstorm Squared, episode one slash episode six of Brainstorm. This will not get confusing. And you may wonder, but why? Why did you change the name? It was already fantastic before. You will be right. We don't really know why we did it, but we really felt we wanted to be really extra special. And, and, there might be some news coming up in the next month. Maybe you will be able to listen to this podcast in other places, in more convenient places. Who knows? Right, Aiden? Correct, Amanda. We're trying to make this go as far and wide as possible, make it easy for you to access as possible. Because um, if you're at all like me, I don't really want to browse through all of these internal sites. I want to be able to listen to this whilst I'm chopping up vegetables uh, <laughs> and then shoveling chocolate cake into my mouth. Zing! And we wouldn't like fantastic, like the shiny thing effect on the on the teeth when we smile. That, yeah, imagine oh, that. if I could, if I could <laughs> wink and it, it came across in a podcast. Eden, <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, happy 2021, right? Happy the new year has started. to you too. Even though I feel that we are all, uh, this is how I tell every single time people ask me how I am. I'm suspended in an eternal present. That hits deep. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely Groundhog Day, Groundhog Year has definitely been the, <laughs> the feeling for a while. Yeah. And and I, I think we chose a, a very good topic for the first episode of the year because there's been a ton of stuff going on. Like, it's, we are three weeks in the year and it feels like we've been here for... Like, <laughs> months already there has been the u.s election brexit has finally technically happened mm -hmm. they're still in lockdown and there are no mutations of covid going around there is so much stuff going on so we decided to talk about emotional hygiene in the first place and information diet in general yeah this year has been a lot already and if you're anything like me it's been difficult to kind of stay away from from the news especially when there's something that's New and uh, exciting is definitely not the word. New and impactful and big and ah, uh, that happens a lot. The expression emotional hygiene, I think for most people will sound a bit like you uh, because hygiene is a word that I think most of us feel very prudent about in a way but this is why i think it's actually it's good because it triggers something in the brain and most of us probably don't really associate the word emotional with hy hygiene is very physical, right? It's very mm. practical, while emotional is kind of abstract. The inspiration for this comes from a TED talk from uh, a psychologist called Guy Winch, who, of course, we will link in the description. It's, it's a beautiful talk, actually, because he describes in such a beautiful way how mm -hmm. the, the emotional ritual 
of taking care of our, literally, our emotional hygiene, our cleanliness, in a similar way to how, you know, we're told by our parents, you know, wash your face, take a shower, uh, clip your fingernails, you know, uh, comb your hair, all the basic things that we assume, right? It's common knowledge and we mm. assume everybody does. And if you don't, it's kind of kind of despicable and terrible. Yeah. He points kind of the the spotlight in saying, we're not really taught to do this with our own emotions, yet our emotions have such a powerful impact on how we are with other people. And it, it's extraordinary that we don't. So I thought it was an interesting point to kind of start the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, up until earlier today, when you first put that in a chat message, I never, I don't really recognize the phrase emotional hygiene, but I immediately love it. It kind of shows that, you know, self-care, which we'll chat a little about, uh, chat a little bit about later on. God, that's what I'm saying. Chat a little bit about later on. Um, a new tongue daily, twister by Ian Cummings. Yeah, <laughs> daily podcast tongue twister. Self-care kind of has this weird connotation with it where it feels like it should be very, yeah, you need to be mindful, but also treating yourself. And also you should be having a bath with candles and chocolate. And this. Oh yeah, the candles, scented candles Can everywhere, right? Yeah, you can't fully relax unless there's fire present. Um, <laughs> it's got this weird reputation. I always feel guilty when I'm not making myself a priority and not doing self-care but mm -hmm. emotional hygiene seems a lot more practical because as as you said things like brushing your teeth keeping your uh, keeping yourself you know clean is something that you don't just do once you don't like go oh it's been three weeks of working hard now i'm going to have a hygiene day it's something that you do little and often kind of like we chatted about in our last episode about habits and how if we make something as small as possible for it to count as a success we're more likely to do it more so treating your brain in the same way, rather than going, oh, well, I'm going to work really hard and then have an entire week off where I'm going to relax and do all of these things and treat myself. I can speak from experience over Christmas. It doesn't happen that Absolutely way. Absolutely no. Yes. Such a good analogy, by the way, because I think it's the trap, right? Mm. It's the mental trap of thinking that that one bath with candles, that one weekend at the spa, it's going to fix everything. It's going to fix your anxiety. It's going to fix the fact that you feel stressed because of, I don't know, what's happening in the world or because you broke up with your partner. That's not really how the mind works, right? And it's also this, I would dare to say, disrespectful approach to our, how our mind works, how our brain mm. works, in the sense that, you know, it's just a one fixed thing. You're only going to do one thing and it's going to be all right. But it's not really the case. I'm thinking we were talking last time about the, the rituals, of course, and strategies for this. Mm -hmm. Which path would you like to take today to talk about emotional hygiene? What can we Ooh, focus on today? We are, we are doing choose your own adventure. Where do we start? <laughs> I, the tangent that I want to go on first when you're chatting about how already this year a lot has gone on. I think chatting about negativity bias and the information we consume could be a great start but i definitely want to chat more about emotional hygiene and self-care with you later as well love that and the information part i think is probably top of mind for everyone literally everyone in the world probably feels this at the moment so i would definitely say let's let's start with that how does your information diet look like at the moment Aidan? can you give us a bit of a panorama I, I can definitely tell you about what it's like at the moment, and then I can tell you what it used to be like, and I can tell you what impacts that's had, because I used to read the news all mm -hmm. the time, 
not quite non-stop, but very regularly. You know, when I was, I don't know, years, ages 12 and under, actually probably more like to ages 15 and under, I was still very much, I don't have any responsibilities. I'm going to go home and play with my Lego and Pokemon, which I still do now, which is actually probably a fun tie-in. Um, then kind of came that, oh, you're a teenager. You're an adult now. The world is bad. Everything's bad. You need to think about what you're going to do with your life. There's all this pressure, responsibility. Choose what you're going to do. Ah, And then you're kind of, I don't know if encouraged is the right word, but you have to you have to know what's going on in the world. You need to be a, a well-informed citizen. It's your responsibility. Responsibility. Um, definitely a balance there that isn't really talked about because we can't change everything. We as True. individuals have the power to change a lot of things, but we can't change everything. And, you know, it's important to stay up to date with politics. It's important to stay up to date with the general state of the climate. Newsflash, not great, still needs work but we can't fix everything. If you tried to be, you know, I'm pretty environmentally conscious. I've definitely been hit by eco guilt a lot, especially this past week. Um, I always try and buy things used instead of new. But even that eventually becomes so all consuming. You're like, I don't know what to do. I don't eat meat. I, I don't. Wow. Is that the first time? Have I managed to go five episodes without mentioning the fact that I'm vegan? I think it, you never mentioned that before. I won't talk about that for now because the main point is you can't do everything. You can't be environmentally conscious and help to end homelessness and fix the state of the political landscape at the moment. There are so many things and we can't yeah. fix them all. But when we're bombarded by news about all of them all the time, knowing that we can't do anything, it's going to make us anxious. It's going to make us feel stressed knowing that there's all this stuff that we can't control. Do you want to play a little game with me? I've decided Ooh. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Please, please. I was... <laughs> yes. Okay. So I am going to go onto a UK uh, newspaper website. I'm going to go for two separate websites, um, which are on uh, general different ends of the political spectrum. Let's. I'm going to count out the top five or six uh, newspaper articles from each website. Now, mm -hmm. How many do you think are negative? How many do you think are neutral? And how many do you think are positive? Feel free to play along at home as well. <laughs> okay. So coming from a marketing background, knowing how powerful negativity is in terms of uh, attention and click-through rate, I would say 70% negative. Uh, none is neutral. The remaining is positive. Oh, okay. First one, definitely negative. The headline is fury at EU Brexit tax. Interesting. <laughs> okay. uh, second you. one. Wedding with 400 guests was held in COVID test centre. Police raid secret party in Jewish girls' school in North London as organiser is fined £10,000. So again, very negative. Like, look at these people doing these bad things. Also, shame, shame, shame. General anti-Semitic vibes. Don't really know why you need to point out that it's a Jewish girls' school there. Yeah. Very um, good point. Uh, Prime Minister will hold press conference as up to 70 furious MPs demand a roadmap for lifting lockdown amid fears. Uh, there's a celebrity divorce. Oh, God. I hate that elegance coach reveals the clothes that make you look common and turn off classy men. What? God, it's not the 70s what? anymore. What? Okay. Um, so, but I, I'm actually on a good trend, right? Because we are, what, six out of 10 actually already negative? So or? far, yeah, right? five or six out of 10. British gap year students are quarantined at a French ski resort after 16 tested positive for COVID-19. Seems neutral. Sparking anger among locals. Okay, there it is. Um... <laughs> 
God. Already in talks with hotels, the minister refuses to rule out closing borders to foreigners altogether. There's a lot of caps in here. Eight um, out of ten. And ethnic minorities were up to 50% more likely to die from COVID at peak of first wave than white Britain, study finds. I mean, that's a negative thing. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's cap- capturing the, the negative attention, right? Because he's, he's scaremongering, basically. It's trying to, yeah. So it's nine out of ten. Last one. Does this say the category? No? You're laughing it's already. It's just so another you... mess. Heathrow travellers blast plans to force all UK roles quarantine at hotels for 10 days. They still face hour-long queues to show negative COVID test paperwork. So that's a 10 out of 10 for negative right there 10 on out the of 10 negative. I, I, I lost, actually, uh, my bet. So that little game was to prove a point that overall newspapers and most media we consume is yeah. very negative Indeed. because it ignites those parts of our brain that elicit uh, own emotional reaction and makes go oh that's terrible oh i can't believe that because people get click, paid click, for click. clicks people get yeah. paid for newspapers sold and this i think is such an important mindset that we have to adopt now when it comes to consuming media because we believe that we are reading news because we are supposed to be informed the truth is 90% of what we see is designed to trigger analytics, marketing analytics, sales figures. Their editors will show the investors and show their shareholders. Absolutely, yeah. Without without touching on the general politic, uh, political landscape at the moment, and we all know our friends' algorithms and how they create echo chambers. But the key point I want to talk about is how to try and limit that. Because I realized, thanks to, um, well, Tim Ferriss is the first person I heard about it from, is how to help to limit this level of uh, kind of exposure. And there's something that he has, which is called a low information diet. And this has been really powerful for me for the past, I think I started five years ago, which is I removed all bookmarks to newspaper websites, anything like that reduce the amount of stuff that I follow on social media by just going through and going either unfollow, unlike, whatever. Can and I ask a question? Sorry, in case do. somebody maybe doesn't know Tim Ferriss, do you want to maybe introduce him in two words? Uh, two words, uh, Tim Ferriss. Um, <laughs> human guinea pig? Can... Human guinea pig, I think, is what he used for his, um, for his, his bio, kind of right? one-sentence yeah. sales pitch. Yeah, for, for, for a long time, he's got a very... Very excellent podcast and tries out all sorts of things to be more productive, to be more ha- happier, mindful, etc. Um, interview some really awesome people. So, uh, Tim, if you want to come on the podcast, there's your there's your free advertising spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but I try I tried this out and it's been great. It's it's also been interesting because I chat about it with family quite a lot and they go, but you need to be informed. You need to know what's going on at all times. Right? Do you though? Do you really need to stay informed about everything all the time? Because there's a balance. I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I'm just not checking every day, every five minutes. The kind of mantra that I go for is if it's not important and it doesn't affect me, I won't find out about it. And that's okay. Not stick my head in the sand. What I do to counteract this is, well, like I said, if it doesn't affect me, I probably won't hear about it. If it does affect me, someone's going to mention it on an email or a group chat or a message to me. And there we are. I'll find out. It will come to me. I don't have to go looking for it. If I want to learn more about a particular topic, say, I don't know what's happening in this country over here at the moment, I'll chat to friends that I know have a keen interest in this. 
And that already is a great source of delegation slash outsourcing, because am I going to be able to keep up to date with a completely unbiased understanding of what's happening in US politics and also environmental and also this and this? Or do I just reach out to people who already consume all this media? Say, for example, my old housemate, Jack, who does law and politics, I can just reach out to him and be like, yo, what's happening here? And rather than me going through all of this effort, again, I'm lazy, but also I don't want to be bombarded by negative stuff all the time. I can still know what's going on there, but Mm -hmm. also have time and more positive headspace. And when I start the day, I'm not starting off with, here are all the bad things that happen that you won't believe. I can wake up. And this almost sounds selfish, but this is where it actually does become self-care, a me-focused mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. starting the day by going, how can I look after myself rather than, oh, all these things are bad. Oh, that's bad. Oh, I can't do anything about that, but I'm still taking on those feelings. I'm going, how can I help me to feel good today to allow me to help others? Um, that is brilliant. And I love in particular that you start with something that you can influence and can control, which is your actions towards yourself. The other question that I wanted to ask you is, uh, how long have you been practicing the low information diet and what are the results that you've seen ever since? I think I've been doing it for, yeah, I think five years. Started probably second year of university. Like I said, it definitely helps me to have more space to think about the things that I want slash need to do. You know, our, our brains our brains haven't really changed much in the past 10,000 years, 5,000 years. We're still biologically designed to go around, pick up some berries, eat the berries, chat to a maximum of 150 people because that's what Dunbar's number is and the maximum number of relationships we can really hold. But then we've got Twitter and we've got, like you say, a constant bombardment of information that is always there. Like there's there's never been a day where there just hasn't been any news. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've never woken up and go, oh, I wonder what the news is today. Nothing. Nothing happened. You're good. Carry on about your yeah. date. There's always going to be a new thing. Yeah, It's always, it's always like a, I don't know, like a soap, soap opera, TV show, which is just always running. There's always going to be yeah. another thing. <laughs> Ever flowing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and again, that doesn't mean cut it out completely, but trying to be mindful of that, trying to restrict it until it's something that you actually want to view. Even if you think you're pretty stoic and mindful, there's only so much you can take of that constant, here's a negative thing, here's what's going wrong, here's what's going wrong, here's what's going wrong. Probably that first part of the of the newspaper game probably wasn't very fun to listen to because it's all negative, negative, negative. It definitely wasn't fun to read through that page. But knowing that, that that's why I think it felt so intense right then because I don't regularly check it. That is at a low level what we do feel we may not be conscious of it if we were conscious and we read a thing and went that makes me sad and your brain goes we should stop doing that because there's nothing we can actionably do about that but it doesn't it goes oh no that's bad huh scroll what's the next thing exactly and you know we've talked a bit in the last episode about um how i i definitely suffer from the infinite scroll and not being able to get off stuff when i get on it uh, there are raise my hands to, as well. Yeah, <laughs> as as much as we try to be mindful, it, it's it's always going to be a struggle. Yeah, just trying it out for like a week is a really nice way to start, especially when so much tense stuff is going on right now. Ask a friend to tell you if anything like really major that I need to do anything about comes up. Like I don't know if I need to evacuate the country, 
probably let me know. But again, you'll probably hear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when you were saying this, being mindful, because this mm-hmm. is really like a word that comes forward on and on and on when we talk, which I, I love, I think is one of the keywords of our show in general. Mm. What I realize is that I make no mystery that I'm slightly addicted to using my phone, you know, infinite scrolling. I tell myself that I'm doing really important things when I'm using my phone. I'm really keeping mm-hmm. myself informed and this is brilliant. I am so yeah. smart. I love this. I should always be doing this. And uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very easy trigger, right? To click mm. because the dopamine every time, every time. I have to be honest, for me doing the completely unsubscribe to everything or just stop using reading Twitter and Reddit all together would be really, really difficult. Oh God, yeah, what, I couldn't do that. <laughs> right, I mean, right, because it's, their addiction is there, of course. Um, the filter that I'm trying to implement for myself is to be the most cynical marketing person I can. So, right, <laughs> okay. because if I if I put my marketing glasses on and I look at my timeline, I start seeing like dollar signs when I see things that are clearly targeted towards promotions, And I found that for me, using this sort of marketing glasses, when I'm reading content, keeping in the back of my mind that there is, you know, a social media team, probably a paid team, helps me be very, very critical of the content. It it acts like a a buffer between me and the emotional response of the content because I look at it from almost, quote unquote, a professional standpoint, where I Mm. rate more the, (laughs) the marketing effort rather than necessarily immediately the content. Provided this doesn't work 100% of the time, of course. The other thing that I've started to do, and I wanted to ask you if it's similar for you, mm-hmm. that I tend to follow more like, uh, I guess, projects is how I would call it, rather than news specifically. Mm-hmm. For instance, in the last couple of months, I've been following a project for a um, markdown editor that I'm using okay. now for the podcast to take notes. And I've been, you know, learning a little bit about Markdown. So I'm trying to follow now people that are interested in that. A friend of mine is working on eco-sustainable machine learning, for example, algorithms. And I've been trying to, you know, catch up. It's a huge topic, but I'm trying to catch up a little bit. And what I found is that this opens different bubbles. So it's not the bubble of the the political discourse or the Mm. celebrities or whatever. Echo chamber kind of. Exactly, right. It's a slightly different echo chamber that talks about different topics that frankly are less emotionally charged, right? Mm. You know, battery technology. How is the battery technology evolving and how could this influence the electrification for the future when it comes to uh, manufacturing, transportation and so on? It's an interesting topic. I must be honest, I don't feel rage or I don't feel absolute joy and happiness when I read these kind of things. But I found that creating these alternative bubbles relieves some of the stress. Mm. Did you did you have a similar effect when you did this? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm I've got another game that I'm going to play in a sec. Um, first first of all, I really like that. That kind of helps to explain it a bit. When when you were saying you're approaching advertisements, articles that you're seeing with that kind of marketing mindset, that's really interesting because you're pulling away from the emotional standpoint. You're pulling your brain towards that. Okay very logical. Why am I looking at this? Why am I viewing this? What do I want from this? Which is really powerful because then it's that added a little bit of higher level mindful thinking, which makes you go, do I actually want this? I've got a side tangent of how I I like to occasionally visit websites, which I would never usually visit just Mm -hmm. to mess up people's targeted ads and Uh (laughs) stuff just a little bit more. I got onto Instagram pretty late. Um, Okay, I'm going to walk you through first of all, because this is relevant to last week's episode. For me to open Instagram, I am required to do this. Swipe up, swipe to the right, uh, confirm my password. 
to get into my hidden space. Uh, mm -hmm. I then have to swipe down from the top, scroll all the way to the bottom, turn off focus mode. Um, that disables a certain amount of breaks. So I'm going to then click take a break, then click 15 minutes, then go back onto that list, swipe up, oh, left, God. password <laughs> or finger. And now I'm looking at my Instagram timeline. That's like 37 clicks. <laughs> but I can do it all really fast, which is the problem. But the important thing is, it's giving me steps to go, wait, do I really want to do this? It's at yeah. work. I will talk through what's on my timeline right now. So used to be very not fun politicus. Politic um, tried to be more ruthless. So I've got a picture of a friend talking about mental health. Nice. My auntie talk. Oh, they've got a mouse that's broken into the house. That's fun. Um, a sponsored ad for dogs. I love that. Uh, oh, that's a sponsored ad from my friend who is now running their own dog thing. That's fun. Uh, my old housemate, just some nice pictures. Um, football, uh, acapella, love that. A fun, wholesome webcomic. ADHD, another picture of a dog. I try to be rigorous and go, if I see a page that doesn't make me feel good, then I'll just go, eh, go away. Because I, I want this to be a space where I can connect with my friends. This is kind of the crux of it, which is what is the goal behind going onto a thing? Good so one. for me, Instagram, I want to have things that make me laugh, that make me happy, ways to keep in touch with my friends, or with stuff like ADHD, mental health, from that positive view, I want to be able to learn, but in a nice creative way, which isn't just here's a bunch of articles, which, you know, is better than a endless scroll through negative stuff. Absolutely. Like phone addiction is kind of separate here, but I'd much rather be infinitely scrolling through stuff that brings me a little burst of joy than something which doesn't. Yeah. Um, so what does i'm now intrigued what does your instagram look like <laughs> well i have to be honest i i really like what you were saying here because i i i've not been as rigorous as you are to be honest i've not been as mindful as you are now that you've told me this i will definitely spend probably the next couple of days <laughs> going <Yeah>. through my <laughs> instagram feed but um i i use instagram mostly for photography inspiration Ah, so I would say 90% of my Instagram is either food photography or portrait slash fashion photography. Mm -hmm. Not because I am the, like a great food photographer, fashion photographer. It's just because it's, um, it's a visual cue that gives me a lot of happiness. You know, when I have this, sometimes it happens that I say, ooh, look at this, like the, the light on this portrait is gorgeous. Maybe I can try to do this, right? And it gives mm. me an idea on something that I could try one day. So 90% is really about photography. And I think the remaining 10%, I have maybe like 1% of people that I actually know. To be honest, very mm. little though, because I don't usually read the descriptions on Instagram. I, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't work no, for me. I, I just want to watch the... Yeah. And um, the remaining 10% is a mix of uh, interior design which I mm -hmm. also find very calming from a, you know, a feng shui place. Very nice. And uh, funny comics, like the oatmeal. Uh, there it. is an Italian guy called Sio that does hilarious illustrations as well. As you said, it, it's this moment of, for me, it has to be either something artistic that makes me say, wow, this is really beautiful. Like, look at the color correction of this picture. I love this. I want to try this. Or it has to be something that makes me kind of smile. If it's mm. neither of the two, like you said, I've started to be quite uh, drastic in saying, aha, no, no, sorry, you're out of my timeline now. I, I, I like that. So you, you were saying that you didn't really go through monitor, but for, for Instagram at the very least, 
does it do what you want it to do? Does it match the goal, regardless of tech addiction and influence scrolling? Yes, absolutely. You know, Instagram is, I think for photographers, it's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of a curse at times because there is mm. this like kind of hyper-competitive way of using Instagram where I actually spoke about this with a lot of my colleagues mm. because I think the the feeling on Instagram is you have such a high level of quality. You have the best photographers posting amazing things. It makes us feel, I guess, very self-conscious. It's very easy to fall into the imposter syndrome. And I think if that's the case, that's the day I would unplug Instagram mm. if I start to feel that way, right? Because that is a very negative feedback. I think I think it's interesting the thing you say about how hyper-competitive Instagram is. I can definitely see it, especially for Instagram photography. But I'd argue that kind of like that with everything because back yeah. in the day, it, it's it's easy to be the best photographer in a village, in a town. Yeah, It's difficult to be the best in the world, but you don't necessarily in the olden times you don't get to compare yourself to everyone else but right now it's impossible not to compare yourself to very good point yeah every other person out there so i think that that's another really important thing to do is ask uh, one of my favorite things is a thing called the five whys which is where you ask the question why five times so for example i want to learn more about politics why uh, because I want to know how to vote and what changes I need to make in my life. M- make in my life. Why? Uh, because I want the best for people around me, uh, people and community and wider globe as a whole uh, to to feel good. Why? Because I care about other people's well beings. And once you keep going down, you eventually get to a point where, like, okay, does this goal of I care about people's well beings and want to do better for them? Am I going to achieve that by reading this article that's got lots of capital letters and exclamation marks? Maybe not. Maybe and also, not. does it make me feel good? No, it doesn't make me. Are there other things that I can do that would achieve this goal of right. helping other people without having to go through this? And you know, once you get down that low, either you realize actually what I'm doing isn't matching that or, yeah, it is but there's a different way I can be doing that. This is really nice. The five whys exercise. Five whys, yeah. Well, people, really you've powerful. heard it here first. The, I, the I did why. not invent that. No, no, no. I, I, Shh, I can't remember where I heard <laughs> no, I can't remember <laughs> where I first heard about that, but it's probably through Scrum or Agile. It's to do with a lot of the time when you're doing work in an IT project. Um, I'm changing it from just pure HTML to I'm plugging React in there. Okay, why are you doing that? Because it makes it look better and also it's easier to do. Okay, why? Why why do you want to make it easier to do and look better? Because if it looks better, then people are more likely to use it. And why do I want to make it easier? So it's less hassle for me to do in the long term. Okay, so (laughs) why do you want to make it less hassle to do in the long term? And then you eventually get to the point where you're like, okay, that makes sense to do that. But oftentimes you'll do that and you go, I don't really know. Right, right that person told me to and when you get to that you're like right should you really be doing that it's like no probably shouldn't and that's really good that's brilliant yeah there's a whole thing about sunk cost fallacy we're like but i already started it knowing when to say no and get rid of it is really powerful and this ladies and gentlemen was a connection to the uh, i guess dev environment that these are the things that we do here at Brainstorm. Mm-hmm. We are we are just like that. We are just like that. Actually, we are basically at the end of the episode, uh, Ian. <gasps> so do we it's want to so maybe quickly. recap quickly what we were talking about? Absolutely. So Definitely the five whys, I think it's brilliant, unexpected, and fantastic. So I'm going to use this 
Definitely. Fantastic. I'll scribble that one down so that we remember to put that in the show notes. Talk a bit about how newspapers and articles and information and media in general tends to be negative and sensationalized, often disguised as, oh, you're going to be a good informed citizen if you read this, um, and how we can't solve everything. So trying to do that all the time is only going to make us feel worse. That doesn't mean you shouldn't ever learn about anything and stay deliberately ignorant. Um, of course not, but there are easier ways to do this. Try and find people or reliable sources of information that you can check at your own pace. Asking yourself, what do I really want from this? And is this actually a positive thing? Um, really there's a great newspaper in the UK, I think they're also on Instagram, called The Happy News by Emily Coxhead. And this was basically built on this principle. Like It's just a, a paper or online account which just talks about the happy stuff in the world and focuses on gratitude. And again, not to deliberately go, oh, nothing's wrong, but here's the thing, um, how Tasmanian devils return to mainland Australia after 3,000 years, after a 10-year breeding. Every single one of these things I look at, I go, oh, that's great. I didn't know about that. Oh, that's great. I didn't know so about that. So glad to hear. So glad to hear. Yeah. So, that is wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. And it goes very well as well with the low-information diet that you mentioned by Tim Ferris, of course. Mm-hmm. And also like the general umbrella that we started from the emotional hygiene for which we will link the video to the TED talk. I would really think everybody benefits by watching. It's, it's a very nice video. It's a feel good video, but also it's a very insightful video. So hopefully there are a few strategies, you know, here in Brainstorm Square, we're really trying to get some actions at the end of the day that you can try to apply. So if you do, please do let us know. Let us know if it works, if it doesn't, if you have other ideas, we'd love to hear from you. and. Uh, as always, it's, it's okay, okay not, not to, be, to okay. be okay. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye. And a three, and a two, and a one, and done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>